call to order the Peace River Town Council and make a meeting for Monday, January the 14th, 2019. As the record show that the, the first meeting, uh, this isn't the first meeting of the year, is it? First council, well, we, first council meeting. First council meeting of the year, we started on time. <laughs> and we will aim to be on budget by the end of the year, December 31st. So, um, before we get into the adoption of the agenda, I want to congratulate the PER 100 committee on a bang up kickoff start to the Peace River Centennial year. Uh, the tea and the play were, were done very, very well. And uh, we had a number, number of attendees, including Danny Williams. Uh, uh, there, so um, no, it was well done. So that will take us to the agenda. And um, uh, do we have any additions, Mr. Parker? Yes, we do, Your Worship. We have four additions. Uh, so under new business section uh, 8.6, a uh, letter dated from January 10th to Northern Sunrise County, um, joint capital. Um, under new business again, page seven, is ably motion for councillors attend the Centennial Davis Awards. And under in camera, OIC, division two exceptions to disclosure, is harm, uh, disclosure harmful to intergovernment relations. And the second one, which is disclosure harmful to business interests of third party. Okay. Anybody want to uh, make a motion to accept the agenda as present as uh, amended. Mr. Good, all in favor? Passed. <clears throat> any deletions? I didn't ask that, did I? No, there are not, Your Worship. That's usually because there's no deletions, that's why. Mm -hmm. uh, adoption of minutes. So we have the minutes of December 10th, 2018, regular council meeting. Councilors should have had an opportunity to go through them. Uh, any any corrections need to be made? We have one question. So we made a motion to adopt the 2019 budget because we haven't finished this one. Do we need to repeal that motion? No, that was an interim budget. That so, so it say interim on it. It doesn't say, well, it should say interim. 50%. Yeah. And it says just budget. So I'm asking if we need to repeal that once we accept the, uh, the final one. Council report moved that council approved the 2019 operating budget in the amount of $8,718,000 based on 50% of the approved 2018 operating budget. Yeah, I should say in terms of operating budget. And then, therefore, what? Yeah. So that's what is that what it's actually yeah, said? Yeah, is that what we actually approved? That was what the um, yeah. request was for. Yep. Okay. So I will so amend. Okay. So that's one amendment. Okay. Glad I have an eagle eye. Anyone else? Pick on me up. Okay. Motion to accept the. Council minutes from December the 10th as amended. Ms. Downing, all in favor? 
passed. So that takes us to uh, public hearings. Are there any public hearings, Mr. There are none, Your Worship. And we have uh, quite a number of presentations. And the, the first one up to bat is Dan Williams, MLA candidate for the UCP, United Conservative Party. Please, please come forward. I'll ask if you're related to Danny Williams, ah. the Premier of Newfoundland. Well, I hope there's a lot of uh, Newfoundlanders in the north here that confuse me and vote for me just on that alone. Okay. Uh, I understand he was a millionaire, and one of his his big election platforms was that he wasn't going to draw a uh, draw a salary. Yeah. So I, I was expecting that that would be a similar announcement. campaign promise. Um, I can't make any promise for me to be a millionaire, though I wish I could. Um, but how about this? If I get into office, I'll make sure <coughs> that MLA should cut their salaries. Um, whatever it's at now, I think that if other folks in Alberta are hurting, I'm happy to, to feel like if we're going to be leading them, we lead by example. So, okay. We'll see how well that works. I'm not sure how my <laughs> colleagues will feel about it, but. But you'll have a house whip. I'm sure he'll whip you into shape on that. <laughs> okay, Mr. Williams. Okay. Go ahead. Well, I really do appreciate uh, you guys affording me the time to, to present tonight. Um, I do want to try and not make the perennial political blunder and talk the whole time myself, not leaving questions for you. Some of you have met in person. Some of you I've only met for the first time today. Whatever the case is, I want this to be an official introduction um, and a start of a relationship between myself and you guys. Um, I want to work as close as I can with the local elected officials in every single community that I hope to represent. Um, I'll, uh, I'll go into a bit of a background of who I am and where I come from. Um, but just uh, on that note of sort of principles of how I see a positive relationship working. I'm a believer that I can't make decisions for people as well as they can make it themselves. And by that same token, I can't make decisions for communities as well as the local officials can. Um, so I think the best thing we can do is empower local communities, elected officials, and municipal councils, um, and school board trustees, um, you know, local community groups to try and um, give as many decision-making powers to them as possible. Because um, I think that results in the strongest, most robust local community life. Um, so myself, um, I live in the Creek. Um, I work for a gravel company right now, increasingly spending more and more time campaigning. As we know, there's a general election coming up this spring, provincially. Um, I, uh, I'm kind of conservative um, through uh, the fortune of, of having the family that I have. Um, and I do think it's a good fortune. My dad used to live in Berwyn um, and run the hotel in Berwyn along with uh, my granddad. Um, and, uh, and my mom was a teacher. She graduated from university and came up to Peace River for her first teaching job, which is where they first met. And, and my dad owned that hotel and a couple of others um, at the time just before and during the National Energy Program um, in the 80s, early 80s, 79 um, through 82. And, uh, and he learned uh, a really serious lesson that I think a lot of Albertans ended up coming to the conclusion of, is that government policies do have an effect on the day-to-day -day lives of Albertans. And you guys know this yourself as elected officials, which is why you meet um, in a chamber um, and you take your job seriously because you know the decisions you make affect those people that you represent um, and were elected to serve their best interests. 
Um, and, and I think this was a lesson that a lot of Albertans learned as they saw um, interest rates soar, they saw themselves lose homes, businesses crash. My dad also lost his business along with my granddad. My granddad, who was a successful businessman, ended up retiring to a trailer park home in central Alberta. My dad was fortunate enough to be able to go back to school at his age and became a teacher himself, of which he um, lived a very happy life um, as a teacher um, and ended up retiring just a couple of years ago. But having lived in a home where um, it was important to, under, important to understand that the wealth created um, in Alberta was a function in part of the private industry that grew. And that allowed us to build the roads and create the, the hospitals and build the bridges and pay the nurses and the teachers so that we could have those sorts of services that our citizens expect from us, whether it be municipal, provincial, or federal level. Um, so that lesson that I had, that to be a charitable society, we have to be a prosperous one first, was something I always grew up with. Um, and affected me a lot as I um, started working for Jason Kenney about five years ago. Um, I worked for him when he was the Minister for um, Employment, Minister of Defense, Minister for Multiculturalism. Um, always in Alberta when I worked for him, um, but got a good chance to see how the government worked from the inside. Um, and, uh, and continued um, to move me along in the view that I think the people best suited to solve the problems are the ones closest to those problems um, and empower them. Um, as much as possible, support them, and that's government's job. Um, so then, as I, uh, I got married, and I wanted to move back to the part of the country where my parents are from. I was raised a lot of my life in central Alberta, um, but always felt like peace country was home. Um, so found a job working, um, and uh, decided I couldn't quite keep my foot out of the political circle. So I put my name forward to run for the nomination, and this is where I am today. Um, that's a bit of a background on me. I'm happy to go into more depth about anything. Um, and talk more about sort of my my vision for how I think Peace Country, um, and the town of Peace River in particular, um, can be a land of opportunity as it was for so much of its history, um, and uh, different ways that we can collaborate uh, to try and achieve the best for our citizens. So I'll turn it over to questions now, and we'll just go for that for as long as you guys have time for me before you boot me up for the other important guests that you have. So I'm not sure how you want to run the, the questions. I'll let you. We'll go. Sure. We could uh, we could spend several hours here, and there are several presenters, so we we'll just keep this short. I, I think I heard a preface to a question uh, just before we we were having lunch. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the, the whole pipeline discussion, of course? Okay. Right on that. So if if you got a three a three minute answer, uh, that would be great. But uh, sure, I'll I'll try and keep it down. Uh, th this is something that I think matters a lot to. Peace River as a town um, and the whole region. I think uh, this is one of those issues where I see politically the entire region and Alberta as a whole um, succeeds or fails together. Um, we're not putting town versus town or region versus region here. A pipeline benefits every single um, level of government, every single citizen um, in province, if not in all of Confederation. I think it's an economic um, boon for us to be able to sell our resources we have to market, but to get fair market prices is essential. Um, so what we have currently right now is a provincial government that has allied itself with the federal government. And that federal government's climate action plan has effectively amounted to um, a similar attack that we saw previously, and I know from my family's history, to the 1980s, where it seems to be singling out particularly the oil and gas industry and the livelihoods of a bunch of Albertans who are um, honest people working for a hard day's work 
The reason we need a pipeline um, is because without that access to the market, we end up taking a massive discount, not just in our royalties, but in terms of the take-home wages of our citizens. Um, so I don't think there's any debate there that we need it. The question is, has the current government done a good job in advocating for pipelines? Um, we're in a situation now where when Carmen Creek um, was about to be approved, when Carmen Creek was about to come online, pardon me, with 80,000 barrels a day, um, there were four pipelines, either that had been approved by the National Energy Board and the federal government, um, or were about to be. Currently, there are zero, as far as I can tell. We had Energy East, um, which was vetoed by the regulation that the federal government brought in, Trudeau did, um, with downstream uh, emissions. We have Northern Gateway, which is ruled out because of the Northern, uh, the Northern Coast Tanker Ban. Um, and then we also have Keystone XL, um, which Trudeau um, did not advocate for either. And along the way, um, our provincial government did not support any of these projects. Um, which is concerning to me because I think we can't put all of our eggs in one basket when it comes to this important economic lifeline. It should be fighting for pipelines and our energy industry in principle. And every opportunity we have, we should do that. So um, what I suggest we do differently is, one, take seriously the idea that we have to resort, potentially resort to turning off the taps if our partners in Confederation do not understand um, the very dire situation we're in. Um, and we saw this happen uh, with Peter Lahey, and I think that is something if not the only thing we could do um, that would really move the needle. Beyond that, I think that we should no longer refer to Alberta as the embarrassing cousin of Confederation. Instead, be proud of the oil and gas industry and the extremely high standards, um, both in terms of human rights and uh, in terms of work safety that we have for our oil and gas industry in the province. So I, I just think that uh, it's been lackluster and too little too late um, for the current government's um, support. And I, I want to try and double down on that. Oh, no questions, I'll pass. Yep. Yeah, that was the one you had too. Okay. Yeah, we had the same question. I'm going to pass because I'm going to be having another opportunity. Hey guys, you've got to give me some questions here. I want to get in the hot seat a little bit. Okay. It's kind um, of, okay, good. <laughs> um, in the 1990s, uh, uh, Mr. Klein managed to um, uh, do a lot of cuts in terms of, uh, call it civil service, including teachers, hospitals, and uh, infrastructure for schools and hospitals, which in my opinion uh, led to the um, partial reason we're behind in schools and stuff, and yes, population increased, but whatever. So um, what's your and Mr. Kenny's uh, opinion on that, because I know Public service does take a lot of money, mm -hmm. but sometimes we also help the economy keep going on a different way. Yeah. Well, thanks for the question. Um, I'll start off, I, I can't speak for Mr. Kenny in particular, I can't speak for myself and in broad strokes um, for my vision. Um, and I'll say, I'm running for office because I do believe in government. I think government has an important role to play in people's lives. I think there's services that we offer that rightfully so we should at our different levels. Um, and, uh, and I think that there needs to be a balance, as you guys deal with every single day, as folks come to you with all sorts of requests, and I, the very few, if any, are not, all of them, I would say, if not all of them, are worthy causes um, we need to prioritize. So um, this is the perennial problem that every government with limited resources and revenue has to deal with. But I will say, I do not think that we have, to quote Mr. Klein, um, I do not think that we have a revenue problem. I think we have a spending problem when we look at um, the current government infrastructure. Um, in Alberta. Let's take um, healthcare, for example. Um, 
I'm committed to advocating for zero cuts to frontline services. If anything, I think there should be expansions of access to the delivery of these services, right? I'd say the same would be true for education. Like I said, my mother and father are both teachers. My wife's a teacher currently. Um, I, on a daily and weekly basis, know what it is to sit in the workroom and cut out stars with letters on it um, for advanced literacy and laminate you know, school books. I know that many teachers put their own personal dollars into the classroom. I have a respect for that. Um, it's not lost in me at all. So I would say I think that we need to find a way where we can bolster um, supporting our frontline services, whether it be in education and teachers and EAs, um, and also with nurses, palliative care, um, all sorts of home delivery services, um, all sorts of different aspects for the elderly and the aging and the infirmed, um, bolster those at the same time trying to find efficiencies. And for example, I'll give you British Columbia next door to us. Um, I'd say there's no notable difference in terms of, unless someone can point out to me, a, a real discrepancy in terms of quality of services that our partners uh, and citizens in BC see compared to Alberta. If anything, they have a remarkable healthcare system where they have very good health outcomes by all metrics, um, especially compared to Alberta, um, with an older demographic, which makes it more expensive and difficult to administer that health, um, and with a more diverse geography. Um, it's not the open plains of the province. Um, they have a fleet of helicopters. Um, if we think ambulatory care is difficult here, try doing it on you know, the, you know, the city of Smith, the town of Smith in northern BC, right? There, there are all sorts of logistical difficulties. But yet, according to the CBC um, in 2017, it was 25% per capita less spending in BC than it was Alberta per capita. Um, I've heard other reports that say it's 20%. I'll go with either of those and say that if we had a 20% um, more efficient provincial healthcare system, we would not have a deficit. We would save $11 billion. I'm not suggesting we can do that overnight. I'm not suggesting we do it by cuts either. And what I am suggesting is that through attrition, and, and some sort of reasonable planning for how we run our healthcare system, which they've been doing a, a, a remarkable job up to now, um, but have had an accordion of AHS and then back to regional health boards and back and forth with all sorts of extra bureaucracy um, heading on to it. Um, I, I think that there are ways for us to find ways where we can better deliver those health services to all persons. Because in the end, the job of, of me as an elected representative, if I am elected, um, isn't to provide employment for the province, but instead it's to provide best bang for buck for those taxpayers who deserve the best health care that they can get. And that's what I want to do, increase access to that as much as possible. Wendy, I'm sorry, but get me going on the topic. Um, I, I'm welcoming you here tonight, and oh, thank thanks you. for coming out. And uh, I'm happy to hear you talk about some of the, the challenges that you see uh, the current government and future governments and obviously past governments. Um, and I look forward to seeing what, what happens. Okay, well, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Okay, I get to ask a question. So uh, <laughs> you, you said uh, at the beginning that uh, you believe in empowering uh, local bodies to make decisions. Yeah, so as much as possible. We, we love making decisions. But <laughs> we don't, you, the provincial government, does not give us enough money to make those decisions. So, and I'll point to infrastructure. So, we, we the municipal taxpayers get nine to 10 cents out of every tax dollar that's, that's offered up by the citizens of Canada. But yet, municipalities are responsible for 60% of the infrastructure 
but we don't get 60% and we don't get 60% of the dollar. Mm -hmm. So we we need a path forward on how how the provincial government or the whoever is in in, in government next time around intends to finance municipalities because we we can't be putting more of the tax burden on the property tax owner. I I have a huge amount of sympathy um, and empathy for the work that you do at the municipal level because federal and provincial jurisdiction allows levying all sorts of taxes, right? Um, infrastructure um, can be paid through um, whether it be um, added consumption taxes or the income tax, right? There are lots of different revenue streams, right? Municipally, um, beyond property taxes, you guys cannot pave the streets um, and do the, the water um, and plumbing and everything else, clearing the streets. Um, you guys have very capital intensive services you have to supply. And, and it seems like they're offering library fines and parking fees as the as a solution for that in terms of collection of revenue. It, it doesn't add up as more and more of those responsibilities are downloaded. So I think that's exactly right. If you're going to have more decisions made at the local level, that implies there's also more resources to access there. I think it's only reasonable and fair. Now, I can't speak in terms of a detailed policy. Um, to be honest, even if I tried, I wouldn't be able to give you an answer. And I'll just tell you that straight up. Um, I'm not in a position where I understand the nuance um, of, of the financing of your different projects and infrastructure where I could speak intelligently to it. What I can say is that I think if we don't find a way in the next you know, 20, 30, 40 years of addressing sort of how more and more heavy capital intensive infrastructure responsibilities are downloaded to closer and more local levels of government, federal to provincial and provincial to municipal, then we're going to end up seeing a bit of a uh, in, in the 90s, there was the, uh, the tax burden cliff we were coming to, where the tax burden was too high, right? I think we're coming to a bit of an infrastructure cliff at times, right? And lots of municipalities have grown a lot see this, right? Um, to be able to provide those, they're sort of living paycheck by paycheck, right? Instead of doing it in, in a way where it's um, a sustained growth. So I don't know the answer, but I guess I'm saying I'm open to talking about what that looks like. Well, I hope you do it before 30, 40 years because I'm going to be six feet under by then. <laughs> After Thursday's meeting, you're going to have a, such a killer answer for that question. Okay. <laughs> I've, I've agreed to chat with Don and Byron and anyone else, I suppose, who they're happy to talk about a proposal they have for a way to look at finance with permission balance. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. That's okay. Well, I, I'll, I'll just add as a last note, okay. if, if anyone wants to get a hold of me, um, I'll give you guys um, my personal email right now. Um, so it's daniel.da, as in Delta Alpha, dot, or Williams, daniel.da.williams at gmail.com. So I'll have a campaign email too, but this is sort of my personal one. Feel free to contact me for any reason. For some reason, um, it takes a while getting back to you for the vacation. I'll do what I can, but generally, I'm responsive-ish. So, okay, I really appreciate the time. Thank you again, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Good evening. And if you don't mind, I'm going to stick around and listen. See what okay. you guys are up to. Well, uh, you can listen to Brian Allen speak to Alberta Pondo. Dave. 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 Dave, sorry. I always Do you know over confused. the years how many times that happened? <laughs> <laughs> and we're not even related. That's the crazy thing. Anyway. 
Well, I, I think of you as the number one Alan, so that's why I think of you first at the Alpha. Well, Brian might disagree with that. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you that know Brian. Okay. Okay, um, so Alberta Pond Hockey. Uh, this is our uh, 11th year, believe it or not. It's uh, been going a long time. The first one was actually held in uh, 2007, and along the way there was a couple bumps in the road. We missed a couple of years, but this is our, our 11th annual this year, or 11th, 11th time that we posted it. It's on March 8th, 9th, and 10th um, out at Lac Cardinal. I was actually just out there this afternoon. We're clearing snow already, if you can believe that. And uh, I had a surveyor out there just marking the corner pins so we knew how far we had to clear the snow. And uh, we actually did an ice check, and we've got uh, probably about 28, 30 inches ice already. So for a warm winter that we've had, that's actually pretty good. I'm surprised by that. Um, what were um, a couple things new this year? Uh, it's got the same type of events with competitive uh, recreational uh, junior division, which we've now run for. I think this is our third or possibly fourth year, but it's been well received. It'll, it'll fill up. Um, minor hockey really, really promotes it and endorses it. Um, we try to always get a women's division, and, and we usually do get a few women's teams, but usually not enough for a whole division. They just, uh, for whatever reason, don't, don't fill up enough for that. But we'll see how it goes this year. We've had some entries already from them. And we, we were asked to create a 50-plus division. Now, I don't know if we got the age level right, but we, we, we set it as a 50-plus. We'll see how many teams register for that. Maybe we have to drop it back to 45 <coughs> or somewhere in there. But anyway, we'll, we'll massage that as we move along. Seems like there's an older crowd that wants, wants to play fun. Maybe high. What's that? No, maybe you move it up higher. Oh, move it up higher? Oh, maybe. I don't know. I'm not sure what to what age. I mean, I know there's lots of... Uh, um, senior division hockey that goes on, senior senior games in our area. so many defibrillators in the <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right, yeah. So we'll see. Well, it's, it's something that we always were open to new ideas from um, people that come out to watch and participate and uh, if we can uh, create a new division to, to get more uh, involved out there, we certainly will. Um, the other thing that we're doing is we're we're going to try uh, something called OTL this year out there as well. It's just nice to have other events. We've done different things. We've had speed skating and, and we've had uh, cross country skiing. We've talked about maybe something to do with snowmobiles. Just something that's out in the in the outdoors there in the snow and ice that it can kind of add to the whole weekend. OTL is uh, it stands for over the line. It's a it's a winter softball game that actually originated in San Diego, so it wasn't winter, well, it might have been in the winter months down there, but it was played on the sand beaches, and being crazy Canadians that we are, we adapted it to the snow here in Canada. And I was first introduced to it back many years ago, working at Fairview College, when one of our students came and said, oh yeah, we do this in Prince George every year, and we have like 200 teams, we should do this. So we did, and it ran for many years at Fairview College, and it's a, it's a very simple game, just with some some taping, some flagging marked out in the snow to make a triangle. You get two parallel lines that go out, and you just have two teams of four, and they just play back and forth. And it's kind of like regular baseball, but there's no there's no base running. It's just hitting and fielding. It's a very simple game. Doesn't take long to play a game, and uh, uh, we've got some folks that are helping us organize it and promote it. And you know, maybe we'll get 30 or 40 teams out this year and see where that goes. So, just always looking for some new ideas. Um, Last year, it was a very good year weather-wise. Uh, the temperatures were decent. Uh, probably on the Sunday, it was probably got the warmest, and it got a little, ice got a little soft on the final day, but 
nonetheless, the games were played and everything went over really well. Um, we had uh, close to 2,000 people out last year. So that was a very good year. There was uh, times when you looked out to the parking lot where the MD of Peace cleans out the lot by the rodeo grounds there. It was rightful. So, you know, we're expecting that and more this year. Um, uh, what we what we always ask of, of the town and other municipalities is, is uh, support in funding and in equipment. And um, the town of Peace River has always been very supportive of this event and we certainly appreciate it. Um, Else. Uh, we had we had about um, 60, I think 62 teams last year, so we anticipate we'll be right around that mark again this year, and that fills out the days we go, you know, Friday from noon forward, and all day Saturday and all day Sunday with the event. It's it's become a, a very well known event. I mean, uh, I think you do remember from last year we had a team from Norway, and uh, they. They, they spoke volumes about how, how well the event was run and, and how much they enjoyed it. And they were trying to get a team back again this year and we haven't received confirmation yet. They might be short a couple of players this year, but they certainly wanted to come back. And they said if they didn't make it this year, they, they'd try to get a team together for next year and uh, pass it on to others. Uh, we had teams from Dawson City and, and they're coming back this year. And, and of course we get teams from Edmonton, Calgary and Red Deer. And, and all around the Peace area here, all the way out to Loon River and Red Earth. And so we've got teams from Hay River and, and they come from all over. Um, the team, some of the teams I know I was talking to last year, I, I, I made an effort to get around to especially some of the out-of-town teams and talk to them about their experiences over the years. And a couple of the teams from Edmonton actually, uh, the one team had been there nine of the ten years and the other team had been there eight out of ten years. So that's pretty impressive commitment from them. Um, and they'll be, they're already registered actually, so we know they're coming back. Anyways, uh, if there's any questions, I mean essentially what we do is we ask for some funding support. Um, because in our budget you see we spend about um, $60,000 and uh, through municipal support that helps offset some of those expense. And um, we also, uh, the town usually lends us a generator for power requirement down there and uh, a bobcat with a brush on it for cleaning off the uh, the ice surfaces during the event or some of the things. And I think in the past there's even been more than that, but that's what we've had kind of the last two or three years. And it's been uh, very useful. Are there any questions or anything that we need to cover? Very similar to previous years. We may have questions of our own staff. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But I think your request is for five thousand. Yes, it is. Yes. Does that include the Pardon me. Does that include the in kind or? No, five thousand cash and then the in kind. Sorry. <laughs> but that's up to you. That's our request. But that's entirely up to you. What it is actually, if, as you see on the sponsorship sheet there, is that uh, your uh, the Hockey Central sponsor, which is out on the ice surface there, and then that's that's the $5,000 sponsorship. And there's others areas there that are similar to that for different types of sponsorships. So, yeah. <laughs> Great. Thanks. Okay. Oh, you had a question. Well, I, I was going to point out to Council and the Mayor that there is one difference between this year's application and last year's application, and that is that Last year, the event was already done when we wrote to the yes. check. So, so actually, things are improving. You know, so we're yeah. we're ahead of the game. So, yeah. uh, good on you guys. It's it's a great event, and 
<clears throat> good, good, good for the region. So uh, I, I see lots of support for it. So uh, good luck. Thank you. Uh, just one question about the yep. event. I know this isn't much related to the uh, the request or but let's suppose I win the pond hockey championship, which would be extremely unlikely because I can't skate <coughs> very well. Um, is there is there another place to go from there? Is there uh... there there is in 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 the early years they uh, endorsed uh, a small amount of money to go to the teams to go out to the world championships in um, Plaster Rock, New Brunswick. Um, we the last year we did that I think was year seven, and the reason was is because the cost when we talked to the teams that went out there not every year did anybody go but if they did go we would provide two thousand dollars towards the costs, and the the cost that year for them for hotel rooms and airfare and everything else was like ten thousand dollars, so it, it it becomes really difficult unless we could you know and and then we looked at is it worth for us to generate that kind of funding to send a team out there for that kind of money. So what they did was they ended up, uh, it was actually the Loon River boys that went out that year. And they finished third out of like 200 some odd teams. So it's pretty impressive. But they, uh, uh, you know, $10,000, they had to get sponsorship money from wherever they could out with the band and some other business sponsors and stuff like that in order for them to be able to afford to go out there. So so what we, we've just gone away from that. What we do now is we actually just offer uh, some small cash prizes for the competitive division only, just because they, uh, they've asked for that. And so in order to keep the competitive teams there and, and, and playing, we've, we've provided that for them. So. Great, thanks. Mm -hmm. Great. Thanks. Okay, thank you very much. Grand organizations. Next one uh, up in the queue is Carnaval de San Isidore. Right here. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, I have a question on that. Okay. Uh, Tanya, maybe you can answer this. Uh, I think there'll be an opportunity to ask those questions and under new business. Oh, okay. Perfect. Uh, Grand Steward. So. This is just to give uh, people a chance to present. Fair enough, thank you. Um, Peace River and District Chamber of Commerce Centennial Davis Awards. Your Worship, I'm presenting to that as the uh, town rep on the chamber executive. Uh, I asked them to come to the first meeting of the year, which of course this is the first meeting and last meeting was the GMP, so that was on me. Councillor, I'm just gonna interrupt. Go ahead. I had been in touch with Shelley this afternoon oh, or this morning, and she said she can attend, but it'll be closer to six. Okay. If that's perfect. So if we could just uh, punt this one down a little bit, that'd be appreciated on behalf of them. Uh, the rate we're doing probably be done by quarter to six. Um, Grants to groups, Mighty Peace Hill Climb. Thanks. No. No. Okay. Uh, Grassy Groups, Northeast Performing Arts Festival. Okay. All right. Good evening. Thank you for, evening. for having us here. Thanks for coming. <laughs> I don't have the type of I don't have the type of presentations that everybody else has had so far, but I do. I have brought for you an income statement and uh, what we're and I only have nine copies. I apologize I for that. One. And I'll give one to you when it's done. Are they different? 
Have you submitted them already? I'm not sure they have. When I took a look at what she submitted, I thought I'll just bring what we have from our new treasurer. Okay. And uh, our projected expenses, not anything. So. so I'm Donna Brenham. I'm the president of the North Peace Performing Arts Festival Association. And we are in our 26th year this year. And with our financial climate, we are struggling. We are actually just stepping out on faith that we will have the money to be able to do this year's this year's festival. So I'm sure that you've read the our application, and if not, I can give a very brief outline of that. It's up to you. Well, you should yeah. probably give a okay. brief outline. All right. I did read it. Actually. Okay. All right. So the <laughs> the other the other six might not. <laughs> There we go. That always happens, doesn't it? Okay. So the festival association is is a uh, a platform for helping and, and teaching and allowing the youth of our northern community to prepare, present the very best that they have in the performing arts. So the performing arts would be piano, voice, speech arts, um, acting, um, choir, band, solo instruments. Uh, those are some of the disciplines and so we run for two weeks in March and with the and when we have approximately 500 participants that we expect to be in the festival this year. That's 500. 500. Well, you, you had to put down 700. But, oh. So 500 is the actual participants. Yes so when we say participants that's another the number of entries that would be the number of participants so if we have a choir, a choir of 30 kids that would be included in the participant number, not in the, the actual entry number. We have about 350 to 400 entries a year. So. And, and then you have a finale. Yeah, we have a finale called a grand concert. That's on March 16th. We are we have been for approximately 10 years over at the Baptist Church, but because of cost, we're looking at changing that location. Oh. So. Um, the Maybe you can ask the Baptists to show some mercy and bring down the cost. <laughs> but, uh, no. but having said that, you filled out an entire Baptist church. Uh, we, we sit at about 350 people. That's including the participants for, of the evening, which are about 60. And so we are actually looking at, at um, Athabasca Hall, which sits about 242. And if we move the, the participants up into the wings and backstage, I think that we could do fine there. And we'll try this year for one night, and if it's successful, then we might build it to two nights next year. So, yes, just because of the cost. So, um, the we bring up adjudicators for for the the sessions. Adjudicators come who are are proficient proficient in their selected discipline. Each one we pay four hundred fifty dollars a day. We, because of our transportation, in the past we have flown them up or allowed them to drive. They're from all over Alberta, and this year we just can't afford to fly them. And that was would have been with Northern Air. So, um, yeah, we had to say no. You have to drive this time because we don't have busing now. So, um, we put them up. We we put them up at Third Mission, which they absolutely love. They can then walk to our main venue, which is St. James Church. And um, and we give them a per diem and pay their their uh, their travel. And so our highest expense are our adjudicators. Normally our entries cover about half the cost of our 
our overall um, projected budget. And it's around $40,000 that it costs us to put this on. We've lost our, we, we did have TD Bank, and we've lost them as a main contributor. They were $2,000 a year. Um, so things are just difficult out there. And so we decided, okay, let's approach our town council and our town and see, see how, how you can help us, see if you can help us. This is our first time. We try to do it on our own. We, we uh, try to raise through corporate and community donations and individual donations. Um, um, we do supply um, awards for the students, and all of those awards are above and beyond our, our, um, our projected expenses. So if you take a look at what I handed to you, projected expenses at the second page, that will show you, and this is our new treasurer, sent it to me by screenshot <laughs> this afternoon, so that's why it looks a little bit off. Um, and so that, they, those are our projected expenses and revenue for this coming year. With um, that, you'll see that we were just under 30000 We're trying to cut our costs. But in the past, we've been at around 40000 So, So, what else can I tell you? The award scholarships are over and above, so they're not included there. Probably the best is just to answer any questions that you may have. So um, you you're asking us for five thousand yes, cash, are. and and then you're are you asking for something kind on Athabasca Hall? Or? No, we've uh, we we would be paying for the rental at Athabasca Hall unless you chose to. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it sits at about three hundred and fifty-seven dollars for the one day that we would be using Athabasca Hall. Okay. Um, anybody else have questions? Donna? Um, so how far away do entrants come? All the way from high level, La Crete, we have Fairview, the, the river is our boundary. Um, I call French Connection, the Donnelly, the Guy, that area, um, Folair, um, they come from down there. So we, we really take in quite a uh, lot <coughs> Um, what's the uh, so if I'm going to enter once, what's the cost per entry? Okay, so if you are entering one selection, it's fifteen dollars, and um, our plan, our hope is that we end up with enough entries for, in a particular session. Session being from nine a.m. till noon, which costs us one hundred and fifty dollars for that adjudicator plus their costs. Our that fifteen dollars times how many entries is what helps us with the, the cost. So it can be, it's all up. We are, our closing date for registration is tomorrow night. So if you had invited me here for Wednesday, I could have given you a, an idea of where we're sitting as far as registration. Yeah. And could have told Byron how many are in each category. So yes. strategically <laughs> enter. <laughs> enter one of the competitions. And, yeah. and, and win the gold. I'll have to steal some coals from Athabasca Hall so you can sneak in as, uh, yeah. was it the uh, kindergarten aged singers maybe that, that, that I could perhaps win at that one? 
We have some, our, our awards range from $50 to $1,000. The Bev Kleinscroft Award is being supported yet by Dan Kleinscroft. So every year he still gives us $1,000 and that goes to an outstanding senior performer in two different disciplines. So if it could go to someone who's in voice and in piano or voice and in instrumental or piano and speech, that kind of thing. And they need to place high and those awards, the, all of the awards are are chosen by the adjudicators. So we as a, a committee and an executive have no choice in those. And, um, but we gather that money and assign it wherever the presenter would like the money to go and, and encourage the kids financially and <coughs> in that way too. These kids don't just stop here. They can, winners can go on to provincials, provincial, um, festival which is held at the end of May each year and we always send and we also pay for them for them to go so it's $120 an entry not 15 for them to go to provincials and last year I think they were about $1,700 that it cost us to send kids to provincials from provincials they can go on to they have been able to go on to federal and there have been some Alberta changes with that so but there are three levels of Probably the voice after that. Oh yeah, <laughs> many more kids win, and we've had we've had kids even win at provincials okay, so, from our area. Um, so if an individual though wants to donate, you mm -hmm. you issue tax receipts. Yes, we do. So, counselors, if you got nothing else to do with your money. Yeah. Well. I might match whatever you put out there, but I'm a little worried that I'm, you've got too much capital for me to match. Yeah, we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, very good. Any other questions, Donna? Just, just before you, when you when you began your presentation, I, yes. I sensed that the event was on the, the the tipping scale in terms of, and I, I see you nodding now. So, so is this five thousand dollars the tipping amount for you, or you? No, uh, no, it's just to help. Okay. Our, our so after the event, the group will sit down and be a, some sort of a post-mortem, maybe poor choice <laughs> of words on my part, right. uh, but there'll be some sort of discussion analysis about the future. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We, we have a new treasurer um, who is really, um, it's, it's <coughs> Catherine Whalen, and she has just taken these books and said, whoa, what are we doing? We started with $1,400 this year. Yeah, to run a $40,000 event and uh, so okay well let's give it a try and then afterwards we do we meet every month we meet the first Sunday of each month and um, and try and try and put it together there's about 12 of us on the executive or in the team not executive we call it a team yeah. all right thanks welcome. welcome did someone else want this last copy Can I just interrupt for a second? Um, 
Counselors, I'm looking through my package and I see a blank application. Where this one would be? Do you have? We have the Okay, never mind then. My printer might be blanking up. That's fine. Go ahead, sorry. Uh, so my name is Ashley Nisley, and I'm the manager at Peace Playland here in Peace River. We're a not-for-profit organization, and we're located around the Bell Centre. And I was asked this morning to do a request for funding from the Town of Peace River for some new equipment for our location. Um, we're just looking for nothing big because our space is pretty small, so we're just looking for some new new toys to upgrade the ones that we have that are kind of they're getting old and they're showing their they're showing their years um, and I don't know what else. <laughs> um, we are uh, our group is for ages zero to six years old and it's uh, they just come and they it's a place for the kids to come and play with all different toys and there's sensory toys and there's learning toys and um, it's just a place for them to come in. Um, right, and, and it's a library as well, right? Yes, you bet. So we lend our toys out as well to the members. And, uh, um, well, I think Mr. Town is right in terms of the application that was part of this package is empty, but it was uh, on the agenda package on the, on the internet, it was there. So you're looking for funding for how much? What was the, what was the amount again? So I have um, I did the price the list up this morning and it was one thousand five hundred and sixty seven dollars for right. and it would get us seventeen new new toys. And and it was meant to replace two climbing apparatuses as well or something. Like no, this. No, we aren't replacing any climbing <coughs> apparatuses. This is to replace some of the ride-on cars that are getting old and they're starting to miss some parts. There's a train table um, that's definitely seen its years. It's missing some parts. Um, and then also a little wooden play gym for the baby, for in the baby area. Um, a little puppet theater, um, little uh, shopping carts for the kids to, run, to uh, play with. And we all, I also wanted to get two little chairs for the kids to do a reading area for them. So they can have a nice little area where they can read their books and do puzzles and stuff. Any, any questions of Ashley? Go ahead. Ashley, I'm not sure if you're seeing the same application that we are, but it does say new equipment and door prize. What do you think the door prize was in reference to? Is there a fundraiser that's coming up for the, I call it the toy lending library. Yeah. That's what I yeah. used to use yeah. it. But, uh, um, so do, do you have a fundraiser coming up? No, we just did a fund, um, like a raffle. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So um, that's just included, but not what you're seeking to today. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I guess what I'm seeking today is just funds so that we can replace some of the <coughs> old equipment and then also bring in a couple new things for the kids. Thanks. You're very welcome. Okay. I think that was everything. Well, I know that uh, on a bit like Joanna, in my younger years, I, I, I use the toy library to, to uh, get 
get some toys out for my child. So, uh, and it's if if you're only asking for a replacement now, it's lasts a long time. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else you want to add? Um, I think that was everything. I do have one copy, sorry. Um, yeah, that I can... If you can give that to Mr. Town. I, I yeah, think absolutely. Uh, yeah, because the information that we're getting is different than the information you gave us. Okay. We'll have to resolve okay. that. Sorry. I think it was, there was one board member that was doing it and she was messaging me telling me to do something, so. Yeah. They, they just set you up. I know. <laughs> they said, you don't have to talk. You just have to go answer questions. Uh -oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, you answered the so, questions. Yeah. So. Great. Well, thanks Perfect. for showing up. Well, thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. And we have one more. Peace River Swim Club. Okay. <laughs> He's coming forward. Evening. Good evening. How are you? Hi, so my name's uh, Steve Waterburn. So I'm the meat manager uh, for the Peace of our Wahoos. And this is Laurie Goodrow. Um, so she's one of our executive members also. Um, so what we're asking is uh, like for the tank to cover the rental of the, like the swimming pool. Um, so our swim meet is this weekend, uh, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, it's a two-day event. Uh, we have teams coming from Fort St. John, uh, Chetwin, Edson, uh, Grand Prairie. Uh, so it's, it's quite a big meet. Uh, we attract um, in the past about 175 uh, swimmers. Um, but over the years, our, our numbers have uh, declined. And also with the, the Grand Prairie having their, uh, their pools, so they've been having a few events uh, throughout the year, right? So it does attract a lot of the swimmers. So we have seen a reduction in athletes coming to Peace River. So with that, you know, the the income uh, for our meat uh, is slowly declining also. And then with the, the economic environment right now, um, all our uh, donations from the businesses around town have also declined also. I've, I've approached, uh, you know, the oil and gas companies too, but they're, they're always uh, cutting back. Um, so with that, yes, so it's our 24th uh, year um, with the club. Uh, we, we do bottle drives, fundraising, there's a prize table. Um, with that, you the, uh, um, the, the, Everyone likes out of town, so we, the will, and I spoke with Tanya today. So um, the the arena um, food uh, stand will be open. So yeah, there'll be all these. Uh, so in the in the pool, you know, there might be like a, like a few hundred people. Um, so it's a good economic uh, spin-off for the town. Um, they stay in the hotels, the shop, they buy food, they go to the restaurants, like they buy gas. Um, and I've heard like. 30 years, and this is only my, my first year like on the committee, but even all the all the clubs from out of town, like Fort St. John, Edson, they love coming to Peace River. It's just a, it's a friendly meet. Um, they have lots of fun. Um, small town environment, and we uh, we have about 50 uh, volunteers uh, like for the meet, you know, just to make sure it's uh, successful. Um, so with that, we, we just ask this year, um, 
like to cover the like the cost of the uh, like the pool, and also um, to cover the the cost of the lifeguards for for two days. Um, that's just due to the the economic um, attraction like we've had to town, like the reduction in swimmers, which means like less income, and then the less donations from uh, businesses or anything. So you were asking for how much? Uh, like in the previous years, I think it's about fourteen hundred dollars for for two days, uh, like for the pool rental. Um, I'm not exactly sure what the cost of the lifeguards is like for two days. Yeah. I believe the pool rental has increased this year a little bit. Two percent. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. We'll know after this weekend when we get our bill. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it secret until Monday. <laughs> That's right. Three percent. We might be thirty minutes. Okay. So, but the wages are wages would be good. Um, it the rental includes one lifeguard. It's the additional lifeguards, and it's it's not as uh, as direct cost recovery. So, it, it's okay. approximately fourteen hundred again, within that range. So 2800 or 1400 total? 1400 for pool rental for those days. And yeah. one lifeguard. Additional lifeguards within that. It's almost in the 1400 Approx approximately. Well, it's an additional 1400 so 20, 28. Well, you'll answer that question later on. Yes. Right. <laughs> Um, how many members do you have in your club? How many swimmers? I get, I guess. Swimmers, we have about 75 swimmers in our club that age from range age 5 to 30. No, well, well, we have one that's yeah, an adult two, that's yeah. joins, that swims at yeah. I think she's 30. Yeah. Well, yeah, and they, you know, like, we've, we've uh, so these swimmers, you know, they're provincial uh, level, or championships, Western championships, and hopefully someday maybe like national. Yeah. Yeah. So like for a small town, like we do compete against like big cities, and we do like very well. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully you've got things. Well, one of our swimmers, I'll just speak to it because it's my daughter, yeah. attended a national event the last three years, so Western Canadian Nationals. Um, so. And her goal is to keep going. So. Okay. No, the presentation was so thorough. With, there was no questions to ask. They're all there. Except for Tanya, where you maybe never like understood by accident. So if we have something that we want narrated. Um, Maybe we can trade services or something. I can do like a Sean Connery impression. That is fantastic. So thank you. If you want to come watch some good swimming this weekend, yeah. Saturday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. So that deals with grants to groups, so there may be one other presentation.
because it's six o'clock. Anyhow, we'll go to bylaws. Any bylaws to be passed? There are not Okay. Uh, um, let's power through. Uh, request the unfinished business here. The first item up is 2019 operating capital budgets. Good evening, Your Worship and Council. Um, before you is a report, a request for decision for the approval of the 2019 operating and capital budget. Uh, the budget book document has been updated. Um, there's copies up here for council. Do you want those now? Um, again, to summarize information, maybe I'll just hand them out really quick. versions could absolutely incorporate the PR100 logo and we'll, we'll make sure that uh, we're able to promote and celebrate. <coughs> the web version better have it. <laughs> Miss you. It can. Okay. So council has met over the last um, couple months starting back in November on November 13th and partaken in budget deliberations. These deliberations broke the operating and capital budget down into decision packages and we had some fairly comprehensive discussions about our our base budget needs um, additional conversations around water rates and solid waste rates capital um, projects for the upcoming year plus a forecast for additional four years after that and then finally um, discussions on service levels and what new initiatives that council wanted to entertain heading into 2019. So based on those decisions, staff have taken the outcome of, of those decisions, incorporated them into the budget and returned with the, the budget um, updated budget book, which is also on our website um, for those who are listening tomorrow and want to go and, and track that down. And if there's any questions, they could posing back to administration. Um, so again, you know, what we're looking for is a recommendation that will give effect to the operating and capital budget for the towns. As a summary and background, the total expenditures for the town this year on the operating side are $25,783,030 and are summarized below and within the budget book on table two, table one. Um, the preliminary budget incorporates numerous inflationary and growth pressures and includes 
um, items around CPI, debt management, wage settlements, and other cost of living increases that uh, we're required to to endure, um, similar to any other commercial activity or or even residences and that kind of stuff, where where costs are increasing and and we're part of that uh, cycle along with um, ratepayers. Um, but in doing so, we were able to, um, even with some additional um, base budget pressures, uh, and again, a significant one was the debt funding for the 99th Street slide. Council was interested in uh, returning a budget that only increases tax revenue requirements by approximately 2.9%. So again, property owners within the town will likely, um, on average, and again, this is, um, will, will change amongst different groups or, or whatever, but on average should only experience tax bill increases or changes of approximately 2.9%, which is uh, reasonably in line with municipal spending and or inflation. Um, and then by doing so, council was also able to achieve um, some increases or changes to our existing service levels or funding, uh, such as um, funding for the Peace River Women's Shelter over through your window. Um, monies, $115,000 for the Peace River 100th Anniversary Celebrations. Uh, an additional public works labor position to improve service delivery in that department, plus additional funding to allow for some positional changes within that group. Um, an updated or funding for um, to support library operations, and again, they are similar to us, have had payroll and CPI challenges that they had to incorporate in their budget, and we have come on board as the funder for, for those amounts rather than uh, reduced services. Uh, required for updated radios for the, the fire department to the AFRAC system, and um, importantly, funding for the operations of the new Peace Regional Recreation Center and all the enhanced services and, and opportunities that residents will, will receive from that building and structure. Um, so again, the consolidated budget summary shows our changes year to year um, amongst our cost components. And it's a good summary for residents if they, they wanted to see where the, the increases, changes, pressures are. Um, and something else, so what will happen now is um, hopefully council will approve this today. There will be a bylaw coming back probably in March, um, late March, that will set the tax rate and that will factor in all the decisions that have been made through, through these deliberations. Um, and then also in February, council should expect to see um, the rates and fees um, utility rate bar law, which will give effect to the um, decisions and rate increases that council have tentatively um, approved for, for water and sewer charges, um, which again are, are significant this year, unfortunately. There's some pretty significant capital pressures on our water system that we have to, uh, to afford. We need to replace our reservoir 365. There's infrastructure. Um, degradation and, and systems that we have to replace and that's going to um, 
impact or increase our water rates by approximately 42 cents or 8.4 percent. That bylaw will be coming for council um, sometime in February to take to take that into effect. Are there any questions on the, the operating budget at this time? The capital budget, again, which council has um, tentatively approved, subject to final approval, um, is shown on page 70 within the budget book. Sorry, I want to say that's page 8. Page eight. I was guessing. Page eight. I think it was an number. Um, and again, this is a uh, the current year's plan and a five-year plan that we're showing, which includes uh, funding and the capital budget as shown um, does not um, have any significant um, tax rate impact. So, at the end of the day, the the projects that we are showing and doing in 2019 and within future years. Um, can generally be afforded within our existing tax rate. That's not necessarily the same on the water and sewer side. The challenges on, on those rates are, are a bit more, bit more robust. Um, but in terms of general taxation for what we've, we've shown, um, we could generally afford the, the projects as shown without um, causing spikes or impairment on our, on our general tax rate. The overall plan is just over $13 million for 2019, of which about $5 million is funded through the town through our own um, uh, funding that we either control or receive and are able to allocate as we see fit, uh, with the balance of almost $8 million being through other um, funding sources or external grants such as provincial grants, federal grants, or the like. So again, um, fairly highly leveraged um, capital budget for this year. That's what we try to achieve. Our funding gives external funding where possible. Some of these projects are conditional at this point. We're still waiting for those funding approvals. Um, so if there's any deviations and what we're showing in the budget versus what we do end up receiving, we will come back to council for their approval on the funding for those projects and there'll be financial options that'll, um, that'll be presented at the time. In terms of the split, the water and sewer fund this year is almost $9.5 million. And again, um, some of the projects are significantly leveraged with external funding through the small community fund or the, sorry no that's correct the um, small community fund um, and then an expectation or a hope that we'll receive um, significant most likely two-third um, federal and provincial funding for the reservoir 365 but again we're still waiting to hear about that the balance of the, the projects of about $4.6 million or so um, are for general um, type activities and that's the our neighborhood infrastructure renewal program work that we've been doing. Um, the balance of our PRRC um, recreation center plus other operational um, or equipment type needs that we need through, throughout the year to maintain the town. 
uh, there is a list here within the report. And then there's three recommendations that we are hoping that council will be able to um, move and, and vote in the affirmative. So I might want to make a motion. Or do you want to ask questions, Mr. Um, not sure if you're aware. I don't think it's going to affect the budget a whole bunch, but in regards to the, uh, the purchase of the drone, um, is administration aware of the new rules that were just handed down by the federal government and those changes that are coming in, uh, I think it's July. June 2018, because there is some, some testing and new fees or, that come along with that as well. Yeah, so we are aware and we're still measuring what that impact will be. Um, and if it does substantively change what we're able to do within our capital budget amount, so if let's say, for example, you know, there's additional licensing or testing costs of $10,000, for lack of a better word, um, that's something that we would consider and, and figure out if we could put the budget. If we can, we'd come back and talk to council about. I don't uh, think it would be that. I, I don't think it would. I'm just sort of, but it is something that we are aware of and we're looking okay. to see what the impact really is. Um, I just have a question, and it's my memory problem rather than whatever. Um, 12 foot Davis Against Park. What year or when would the washrooms be to be done? Is it year two of this capital budget, or is that something no, the, else? The, the washrooms, yeah. and Director Bell can interrupt me if I'm wrong, I believe we're approved in last year's budget. Well, there is approval yeah. in the previous budget for about $170,000. I, I think it's more than that. But yeah, the washrooms were approved, but we're, we deferred it to the legacy grant, which our grant coordinator will be applying for a total of 750000 to include the pavilion. So, so grant dependent, we could potentially proceed with that project this year. Otherwise, we would just do the washrooms. And not and the pavilion, one or the other. So year two in these charts, the seven hundred fifty thousand. Does that include the washrooms? Yes. Oh yes. Yeah. It was a total seven hundred and fifty of the washroom unit and the pavilion. So it's less than that if it was only the washroom. And the number off the top of my head is, I want to say one hundred ninety-five. Uh, uh, yeah. Something along too. So my question, I guess, is. We're not really planning on doing the washrooms this year? Um, it, we're proceeding with the legacy grant, and we'll see if we can do both with that grant. That's our hope. And if not, then we'll have to reevaluate. And we could just proceed just with the washrooms. Yes. So is the pavilion going to have an Aboriginal or a First Nations thing to it? So we were looking at a uh, prefabricated system for that's what has been sourced out um, sort of along with the same washroom type system that was prefabricated. So no, there was no specific cultural theme. Oh, so you're to trying it. to match it to the bridge. We are attempting to have a cohesive, as a, a, your planner would say, sort of a more cohesive entire uh, plan at the site. With the design already set. Sturdy and functional. Sturdy and functional. We've seen that, right? 
says the engineer. Yeah, it's in the Twelfth Davis event, Twelfth um, Davis design plan. Yeah. So if anyone needs to see that again, it's. I'm going to say it's on our website, but I'm going to double check before I say that. So your recommendation, Mr. Town, is to uh, pass the 2019 operating and operating budget, and then another motion to approve the 2019 capital budget. Is that correct? That's correct. You're there in the report. I can read them out if you want, but I find it's easier if we just show those two separate amounts for. Oh, so you want to put put the actual dollar value? So. Can you read off the, uh, is Again. it in the uh, yep. budget, in the uh, agenda? Well, why don't you make the motion then, Ms. Okay. I move that the um, 2019 operating budget in the amount of $25,783,030 gross expenditures, um, $12,602,270 net, Expenditures resulting in a tax levy of $11,270,110 be approved as shown in the 2019 operating and capital budget document. And for sure that means this document. That's correct. All in favor? And the, uh, who's going to uh, make the motion on the capital budget? So I move that the 2019 capital budget with gross expenditures of $13,301,850 be approved and as shown in the 2019 operating capital budget document. Okay. All in favor? Okay, that's passed. So the next item on under your uh, your worship, just I think there's a third motion that. Uh, <coughs> there is. It's it's a housekeeping one that I'd like to include. Sure. If and council wants to consider, it, that's up to them. But and I just try a housekeeping words. motion if okay. you wish. I would put a motion on the floor that uh, <clears throat> provincial and federal and other uh, internal sources of funding be confirmed prior to expenditures uh, being uh, undertaken. Uh, or, uh, projects being undertaken by administration be financed through such grants. So in other words, uh, we're not going to proceed with this stuff until the, the funding is, is in place. All in favor? Thank you. Thank you. So uh, the next item under unfinished business is uh, we, is, is the uh, Deal of fire services charges, a request for a decision on that. We had a presentation last week on this. And uh, Mr. Harris will bring forward the briefing document. Uh, your worship of council, as you mentioned, this is in regards to a presentation we brought forward at last week's uh, governance and priorities meeting regarding a uh, request to uh, reimburse fire charges. These are uh, um, in relation to a structure fire that the fire department responded to on the 20th of January 2018. Um, a very large, uh, large building and a large fire. Um, the details of the fire. And our actions are detailed in the, in 
the uh, document in front of you. I can certainly entertain any questions on those. Under the uh, Fire Services Bylaw number 1833, um, the town may recover costs incurred by the municipality for provision of fire services in excess of the basic response, which is also detailed in that bylaw. And uh, also contained within that bylaw is a provision for um, the property owner to address council and request uh, waiving of those fees. Also included in uh, the, the attachments uh, was the email string of uh, correspondence I had with the insurance adjuster for this uh, incident, uh, as was also brought forward in uh, the presentation last week. And then um, this happened in April. and into June of last year. And then in July, the town did receive uh, an amount of 30,593.76 and drawn on the account of Western Financial Group in relation to this incident. In 2018, uh, there's two other uh, incidents, large in incidents that the town has um, developed for. One response to was a, a bus depot in town and the other one was to a trucking firm within town limits as well. You presented three options for us. Yes, you wish. Yes. Any questions? Yeah. Go ahead, I've got a number of questions, Your Worship. So on page uh, Two of four or 79 of a 129. Um, I think it's in paragraph two. It says, I'm curious as why we are receiving uh, one, I have never received an invoice for fire charges for an in town fire. And the reply apparently from Mr. Harris uh, in quotations, the ability to charge for <coughs> responses above a basic response has always been in our fire, fire bylaw, which is attached. The current council's focus is more is on more implementation and enforcement of all bylaws. Therefore, I'm implement, implementing that action. So, Mr. Parker, my question would be, with Mr. Harris's statement of enforcing all bylaws, when did that commence? At the end of the 2017, uh, for the 2018. So we've been slowly reviewing all the bylaws, implementing them all. Uh, we started quite extensively at the, uh, um, if you take a look at the sidewalk bylaw, we've, uh, especially over the winter because we want to be a little more proactive, that's when we started it, but yeah, and we did review it, basically it was mandated uh, to go right to the departments to engineer, if there's bylaws, let's enforce them. Thank you. And on page 88 of 129, or page 7 of the bylaw, under 9, uh, 9.1, uh, services in excess of a basic response. I think that reflects back to definitions, page 82 of 129, uh, number 2E, basic response, means the provision of apparatus and the service of nine firefighters for 1.5 hours or 13.5 man hours in response to fires. Can you 
explain a little bit about that, Mr. Harris? Um, so that's the basic response as defined in the bylaw. Um, so a lot of the, yeah, the um, responses are listed as structure fires that we have attended over this, uh, this past year fall within that basic response that well, there's no, uh, no requirement to, to reinvoice for those. Okay, and uh, if I remember correctly from Mrs. Mann's presentation with Mr. Wazilowski, um, I do believe they mentioned nine fires in their presentation that weren't billed for. Can you comment on that? So one of those, as mentioned, that uh, were within the basic response. Uh, a report of um, smoke in a building is reported as a structure fire. Um, this can be the be from, uh, from burnt food. Some of the fires was uh, a smoke grease fire in a restaurant that was extinguished before the fire department arrived on scene. Um, smoke in a restaurant from an HVAC unit that had burnt out a motor um, smoke in. So fire department responds as if it's a structure fire, but on arrival, <laughs> there's no need for any actions for a lot of these fires. So you're you're saying that those those nine fires that were commented in the presentation didn't exceed the uh, the limits of the bylaw then? I think you answered my last question. I'm just going to refer to um, the email that was sent by uh, Mr. and Mrs. Mann this morning at 8.23 a.m. It says, Mr. Harris suggests there are two other invoices issued, uh, one for the bus depot and another for a trucking firm. And you mentioned that trucking firm was within the town limits in East River, and those invoices yes. have been sent. Yes, correct. Thank you. Those are my questions. So I... Just had a question for clarity, and I think uh, when I reread things, the basic response uh, expense was deducted from the total before the invoice was issued to the insurance. Yes, correct. Yeah. Thank you. Details on the breakdown of charges included in the total. I think there is a period of time, I think we all understand that there was a period of time where the bylaw would have allowed this, I was, I was allowed these charges. Uh, where those charges were not applied. Am I correct historically? Yes. Okay. And I don't, don't really have a problem with that, but and I don't have a problem with having an enforcement date or going forward with enforcement. But some of the examples that were used as in the logic were things like sidewalk clearing, etc., so forth and so on. And where I find a bit of the difficulty personally is that I don't clear a sidewalk, it's a $75 or $100 fine or, or $100 hit. Uh, most of the other bylaws that we have are very, very small dollar amounts on a single incident. You're not really looking at an exposure of what we're looking at here between thirty dollars and $35,000. And we've been um, trying to figure out how to word this. We have at times in discussions um, been critical of the people who don't uh, sort of telegraph the moves in the future, what they're going to be doing. And I, I don't think that the average person would have understood that their exposure had increased to that level. But that's just my own personal opinion. So I'm, I'm kind of uncomfortable without having a real 
a, a grace period that would allow a, an average person to understand that their exposure had increased to this level. For example, if I would assume that any business in town or very going forward, going to be, especially after they hear about the other two bills that have been applied, uh, are going to be very, very, uh, how would I put it, observant of their insurance packages and be looking at them and saying, if I'm now looking at this increased exposure, I should assure myself to that level so that when, if it happens, I'm not going to have a $30,000 bill come out of my pocket. Um, I'm not, I'm not assigning any blame or anything here or criticism to anybody under any circumstance. I really do honestly believe everybody does the best they can with the knowledge and information that they have. And I think that most prudent people, knowing that their exposure has increased dramatically from what it was at a previous time when the bylaw had existed and not been applied, if they were aware that it was going to start being applied, really aware of it, would do something about it. And then if they had just sort of not done anything about it, you could say, go ahead. I wasn't aware of it. I have a business downtown. I wasn't aware that that exposure had increased to that. I, I, I work here. I've seen the bylaw. The bylaw was there. The bylaw was there long before I came here and existed prior. So my personal feelings is that before we're applying um, a couple hundred bucks here and there, it's not going to really cause a lot of people. I mean, yes, it's a fair amount of money. I, I live in a life where a couple hundred dollars makes a difference to my life. But it's not the same as thirty-five dollars to $40,000. Or what I could foresee in this town due to some of the structures that we have, that $30,000 bill is not necessarily going to be the high end. You could be looking at $100,000, $200,000, depending on what the fire entails. I don't know if I'm expressing myself clearly enough, but I don't really think the public was was aware, or, and that could be a responsibility on our part, or whatever, that the public was aware of that increase of exposure, and had they been aware, they could have mitigated against it. And so I'm not comfortable with people having charges like this without that. Leave it at that. Uh, Your Worship, I guess uh, from my point of view, I listened very carefully to uh, uh, the man presentation given by uh, Rick Kozlowski last week. I read the bylaw. I understand the bylaw, particularly section uh, 9, when it talks about the chargeback. I've uh, read the fire department's uh, material that's presented tonight, and I've uh, listened to some of the, uh, the comments around the table. I've got enough information before me. I'm, uh, I'm prepared to vote on this matter. I think just to be um, to be consistent, because we've had some discussions regarding fire service with some of our municipal neighbors. I'll just leave it as generic as I can. Whereas we we noticed that the level of fire coverage for some of our municipal neighbors changed due to some decisions that other councils had made. Again, I'll leave that at that. And I recall a number of comments from around this table, perhaps some from myself, saying, well, if something had changed, it's probably their responsibility to inform the residents. I'm not sure if that happened or not. So I guess to be logically consistent with our discussion, that sort of might affect our decision tonight. And I think that's enough with that. 
while the bylaw was passed in 2010 2011. You know, we've had a bylaw in place. We haven't uh, acted upon it uh, in the past to the level in which we are, are currently, our plan is to move forward. And and it's it's clear, it is there, but uh, Councillor Scammerhorn talks about our responsibility and some of the changes of how we do business. And I too will with that then. It's just wondering for clarification, yeah. Council, if you don't mind, Your Worship, if, uh, if, if uh, it's Council's direction to actually re uh, refund this fund uh, or this money, uh, the other two uh, instances, are, will we be refunding those ones? I was just wondering, or is it just because funding came forward? So that that would be the qu one question, because again, you're looking at consistency in the aspect of it. Uh, second thing is is. Um, under the situation, it's 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 sad, but what we have is we have the individual who didn't actually get the proper amount of insurance. They had a three million dollar building, and they did not get proper insurance, and hence, um, I don't think they'd be here today if they had proper insurance. Uh, there is a rider that you can have on it that actually covers all these costs, and uh, we're not the only municipality that charges these costs, um, and it is you know buyer beware. You know, if you take a look at all our bylaws, even the ones that we have for the sidewalk, where it's a $75 fine, majority of people probably don't know they have a $75 fine. And you can start justifying saying, okay, it's $75 or it's thousand or, or whatever it is. The issue is, is basically it is your, your bylaws are on there and people are supposed to get informed on. Uh, but with this, uh, we would need direction what you'd like with the other two accounts. Um, there's also a principle in law called estoppel. And estoppel in layman's terms basically means if you let somebody get away with it a hundredth time, you can't nail the hundred and first person. Um, you really can get into a serious position. Like if somebody's stealing from an employer and you let everybody take the bus and take a piece of equipment over, steal some stuff from whatever, or do whatever, and then somebody does it, you can run into some issues based on estoppel. And Yes, you're correct that the bylaw has been in place. I have no disagreement with the dates there on the bylaw. But the enforcement, it didn't exist. So um, I'll make a motion uh, if, if there's an opportunity to make a motion. Um, I'll make a motion that uh, we direct the administration to reimburse the sums for the three events and also to put out an advisory that in the future we would advise. Uh, business owners, landowners, et cetera, to very clearly re-examine their insurance needs, re-examine their policies, to, because they should understand that those costs, especially with municipalities coming up to the financial burdens that they're coming up to without getting corresponding funding from different levels of government, we're starting to have to look at different ways of raising money. So I'll make a motion to that effect. So I'm not all that other stuff. The motion would be to um, two parts. One, to reimburse the fees for those three um, incidents and also to notify the public going forward that there will be, um, that they should really examine their insurance policies and get that word out. I'm not sure how to word that better than that. We have a question. Yeah. 
Um, I question whether we should involve the other two because they have not appealed their situation. I think we should just be dealing with this one at a time since that's what's in front of us. I would await direction from the CAO on that because you did bring up the other two events in the discussion. Had you not brought them up, I probably would have just dealt with this. Well, you, you got to make a decision whether you want to amend your motion, your motion or not. Or no. One quick question. Uh, with your motion, will that, depending on which way it goes, um, will that set precedent on the current bylaw? It still says may. No. Or would we have to read the bylaw? I don't believe so because the bylaw exists and what we're doing is, is advertising, giving the public notice that from now on this will be going forward. And that was part of my motion. The bylaw exists and it says we may. We may want to revisit and say we will. So I'll put it out there. Um, the other possibility is we, if it goes forward to reimburse something, that it not be for the full thirty thousand dollars. It could be a different amount. Just that possibility. My motion is to stand. Okay. Just uh, uh, Mr. Town, since uh, that is the actual motion on there, can uh, council probably need to know exactly how much money we'd be talking about? for all three events. And where would the funds come from? So I believe the charges that Deputy Mayor Manzer was discussing were the um, mutual aid costs and the public works costs that were outside of the, the fire services, typical fire services or firefighting. Is that what you're referring to? It, no, I'm, I'm, I'm referring to all three um, uh, oh. actions and where would the funds come from to reimburse? Well, yeah, no, I don't have that information. Do you have that, Chief Harris? Should I make a suggestion we put this to next week or the next council meeting? Yeah. Well, the, for the incident in question, it's uh, 30593.76. And the other two ones that have been billed, uh, one was for uh, 5,574, and the other was for five. So, Have those other two invoices been paid? Uh, one has been paid at this date. Uh, so one has, one has. One has. And the other question was, you know, uh, where these, where, what's your intent, where do you intend to? So to answer that, 
Yeah, so th there actually is no financial impact. Um, we didn't budget for these amounts, so we don't have a budget to achieve or, or to meet. So, you know, without sounding a bit uh, shrill on this, it's in some way found money um, because the revenue is coming to us. So reimbursing them won't, won't have an impact on, on our financial situation or objective to achieve budget amounts. Um, as for the other costs that we incur, such as mutual aid and public works, we do budget for a certain amount of mutual aid calls per year, and this would fit into this, and the public works costs would just have to be absorbed within their budget amounts and lines, and organizationally, we're still showing a surplus for 2018, so it's not the, um, um, an impact on the town. I would like to propose an amendment to this motion that um, the reimbursement amounts uh, be for the three, but be 50% of what was charged. 50% reimbursement. So what makes it? I don't know. I don't so, Mr. You made a motion to reimburse all three individuals. The amendment was to reimburse it by 50%. And this was by 100%. And this is 100%. One of the problems that you might run into because uh, it's a substantial motion change, you might have a problem. You might have to, if you want to do 50%, you might have to defeat this one. I think and put a new motion up for 50%. Yeah. So we're not going to recognize that you made that motion because it's too significant. It's, it, it's yeah. too significant on, uh, on the change, it looks like. It, 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 that's what I would recommend. Yeah. Okay, uh, we will uh, call for a vote on Mr. Goode's motion, which is to reimburse uh, the full cost of the Crown Building Fire plus the Greyhound Fire plus the what are we calling the other one? The material hazmat response. The hazmat response fire. So all in favor of Mr. Good's motion. Against. So I move that um, the three man, Greyhound and Hazmat response um, fire expense be reimbursements be to the 50% of the amount invoiced. Is that clear enough? Uh, the ones that have actually paid. And, and yes. what we'll do is we'll adjust the third invoice one. So is my motion clear enough? Although, if the motion was defeated, the motion was defeated. So we still have to make a decision. Well, the decision was made to reimburse. Well, the person we motion. made some comments. We made the second motion. Uh, is that the case? 
I would think that, that uh, unfortunately, I would, well, no, unfortunately, fortunately, yeah, um, I believe they could make one more motion in that aspect, and they're not going to point that another report. Okay, so my motion is that the three um, fire invoices once paid be reimbursed to 50% of the invoice. All in favor? Yes. That motion has passed. Your Worship, uh, in light of this discussion and, and some of the feelings around the table regarding um, our request for uh, enforcing our bylaws, which was something that the community absolutely uh, questioned us on during, our, uh, during the last municipal election, um, this is a prime opportunity for us to do some more educating on that. Um, this is a situation, um, as was pointed out, that maybe people weren't as prepared as they needed to be and there's a, that that part of that educating comes from us so if we can direct administration to to um, make some energy towards that that'd be ideal uh, could you put that into motion is it a, is it something that is done as through motion fair enough uh, i'd like to move that the administration um spend some uh, or create a public awareness uh, regarding our bylaw enforcement and, and how it can impact our, their, our community members' lives and businesses. Is that too wordy? Yeah, perhaps a motion to uh, the public awareness campaign regarding fire costs. Yeah, that works. And, and as it relates to bylaw costs, for sure. I was a little worried you going with the energy. So, so what other uh, is that in future now are we enforcing it? Is the council direction to enforce the bylaw? We'll get all the information when yes. then that's it. We just start filing enforcing it. Because then people can mitigate against it by looking revisiting the policies I just wanted to uh, to comment in regards to uh, Councillor Grid's first motion. The second part of his motion um, did speak to the awareness and uh, saying that yes, the public we, we will be enforcing not just the fire bylaw but all these bylaws because that's what the residents of the town had asked for. However, we did defeat that motion, Orrin. So yeah, so that's yeah, that's I, thank I, you. That's exactly where I'm headed. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Ruth. I'm comfortable with um, okay. Mr. Sharpie's wording on that. Okay, all in favor. Good afternoon, Worship Council. So I'm I'm here on behalf of the Peace River District Chamber of Commerce. We have asked for a grant of $2,500 for our 2019 Peace River Chamber of Commerce Centennial Davis Awards. I have your itinerary here, your worship. 
I also, uh, I, I do have the ground in front of me. We have, um, we are holding this event around the Centennial Davis Awards, or Centennial Awards, 100 year birthday. We, um, we are going to uh, decorate in the theme of the interior of the D.A. Thomas dining room. So it's going to be, it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. We do have the dueling pianos. We, uh, as, as maybe uh, council, worship and council know, um, the $2,500 goes towards this of the major sponsorship uh, for the town of Peace River. We have, uh, we look forward to this each year as our fundraising event to uh, fund the chamber. Uh, we are, we have 11 tickets left, so we are almost sold out, and that was as of this morning. Any questions? So, but you're uh, making a request for, uh, for a grant, right? Yes. And how much is that? Right? $2,500. Last year we gave you a grant as well. I think it was for a thousand. Yes. Last year we had many more businesses. <laughs> we had some larger donations, and this year we we are struggling um, for um, all donations. Actually, it's been we have uh, a couple of companies that haven't. So. It's been it's been tough, but uh, we uh, we'll still go forward. Any questions, Ms. Lawrence? I don't have any questions, but I certainly have a comment that the Davis Awards is is a class event, and last year you guys knocked it out of the park, and so it's exciting to see what this year will be. Grants to groups. Um, so, uh, is administration got some recommendations here? Um, well, to be totally honest, this kind of goes along with the applications as a, a background of the applications. We're not looking for any recommendations tonight except um, for a discussion around the, the Chambers Davis Awards application. I'll, I'll speak to that in a second. Um, but we're, we're going to follow our normal process. Um, we've invited the groups in. They've had their discussions. They've presented council asked questions. And uh, formal recommendations will come to our meeting on the 28th. Um, so the staff still have to go back. We'll gather some more information. If there's any questions, council could ask or direct me now to gather the answers to some. Um, we, but we still have to finalize and confirm a few, other, a few other items. Um, do the scoring matrix that's within the new um, uh, application. 
and bring back the financial uh, ramifications behind these, these requests. Um, as for the Chamber of Commerce um, <coughs> application, staff is asking if uh, council would consider um, dealing with this one and making a motion on it tonight if, if they're inclined. Um, and part of that, this was um, something that actually, when I went back and reviewed, um, was received by staff um, a couple weeks before Christmas and was caught up in the vast labyrinth of bureaucracy. So we will take some some ownership of this. Um, and their, their request did come through in December. And um, in anticipation, or before their, their awards event, um, if council would consider making that. Um, staff is supportive of, of their request, again, um, both as a um, you know, community venture and in um, consideration of the downturn and other potential sponsors plus the centennial um, opportunity. You know, it, it's, it's a favorable item for them to consider. I will also um, let council know that the town has, up at this point, purchased a table for the upcoming event. Um, and there'll be an enabling motion later for for council to uh, consider attendance at that event. So you've purchased the table or you haven't purchased the table? The town has purchased a table. Okay. And so this, the only one to consider is the Chamber of Commerce event. What about the bond hockey one? Well, the, the pond hockey is in until March, so most of these, the vast majority, can, the decision can happen later. And even the, the swim club, that can happen later. Their, their event is happening. It's happening as is. They're not going to change anything. Um, you know, and they're, they're looking for, you know, financial assistance so that the town will give. So that, that could be dealt with after the fact if, if council wants. Well, why don't we deal with all of them? So, so the swim club happens this weekend. We'd probably like to know yes or no. Uh, we, what, what, what about the music society? When, when's their event happening? March. 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 Second. And so we're, when are we going to make a decision on that? January 28th. January 28th? Yes. We just want to deal with the chamber. Yes, that would be my preference at this time. Okay. And what's your recommendation on that? Uh, the recommendation that council that uh, council consider uh, the chamber's request of two thousand five hundred dollars for their Centennial Davis Awards. Um, so uh, last year, last year we only gave a thousand. For this event, so you yes. want to bump it up to 2500 That's correct. Why? Uh, again, due to the nature of the event. We didn't buy a table last year. Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, only you and I attended, though, however, Your Worship. But it sounds so like around the table. a whole table. <laughs> it sounds like around the table there's a lot more interest just in this year's event. I think it's just timing for everyone. I'd like to entertain a motion that we approve the Peace River Chamber of Commerce and District's Chamber of Commerce 
a request for 2500 for the Centennial Davis Awards on January 19, 2019. Okay, all right, Yes. Okay. Asked. Okay. So uh, this one is uh, just an enabling motion for uh, either the mayor or designate. Uh, or delegate to attend the uh, carnival at the San Isidore and bring greetings on behalf of the town. That's uh, January the what? February. That, yes. And it's designated. Yes, or designate that. Okay. All in favor? Okay. What's the next item? So do we have to uh, defer? Make a motion to defer the request for decisions on San Isidore to. Oh, that's just the enabling motion. Yeah, that's the enabling motion. That's That is got nothing to do with their application for a thousand dollars. Correct. Okay, and then the request for decision on the asset management cohort program. Evening, Your Worship and Council. So before you tonight is a request uh, to respond to an expression of interest uh, to the provincial government uh, on the uh, asset management uh, cohort program. And what this program is, is uh, it's a program to deliver a group learning uh, cohort in which participants will work together to build their asset management capacity. RMA along with AUMA and IAMA is recruiting six to ten municipalities to work together to build their asset management capacity. And um, talking with a, a couple of the program organizers and evaluators, uh, basically uh, the first phase of this uh, will probably be more of a mentorship position in respect to some of our other municipalities which are just getting off the ground from ground zero. Uh, but as we kind of go further on in the program, there'll be some opportunities uh, to uh, recoup some learning and kind of uh, strengthen our own asset management uh, capabilities in terms of developing our asset management plan, which I'll be bringing uh, a draft version to the next GMP. So uh, Northern Sunrise County have made an application to this program, and when I talked to the evaluators, they said, well, you know, uh, if you sign up with them, it will strengthen their application. So, in in our regards, you know, it's uh, even though we uh, our learnings uh, for the first part of the program, we still have an opportunity to send a couple of uh, our townspeople to these uh, learning sessions. To and I'm thinking more of uh, my engineering technologist to send him and getting him a little more uh, involved in the asset management. Uh, program. So we will still get some benefits out of this. Uh, so uh, we've already uh, submitted the application into the provincial government, and, but we do need uh, a motion from council uh, of support into this program and to participate into the program. So that's one of the final parts of the application that we have to complete is just the council's motion to uh, go ahead with that. So that's uh, what we have uh, for decision for tonight. Uh, so the option 
is that the town of Peacefield participates in the asset management regional cohort, or we decline uh, to participate this time. So those, those are the two decisions before you. Okay, who's going to make those motions? Okay. okay, so there's two of them. So, these are two of them? So the recommendation would be the administration recommendation to council is to uh, participate in the asset management regional cohort. Okay, so Councilor Ford has made a motion to participate in the uh, cohort, the uh, asset management cohort program is uh, known as Summer as Kennedy Hall in favor. And what's the other motion you want? No, that, that's the only decision. It's just the two options that we have. Thank you. Okay, uh, request for a decision on community service board appointments. Your Worship and Council, we have before you this evening a report in regards to the community services board. There are two new member applications that are a part of the report. Uh, in addition to sort of a readjustment of one of the existing board members into a new position, as uh, she put her name forward and meets the criteria of the new Indigenous position on the Community Services Board. So we're looking for Council's endorsement of the recommendations of the Community Services Board for a Misa Robinson and Matthew Ostabogles to be uh, appointed to the Community Services Board at Members at Large, and to uh, endorse Diane Lavoie's uh, position as the Indigenous Member at Large for the also for the Community Services Board, which is a new position and part of our overall Indigenous strategy. Indigenous outreach. We don't strategize. <laughs> that's probably, that's what they were concerned about in the last 50 years. Yes. <laughs> Fine point. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I think that's a blunt point, but anyway, yes. Uh, so uh, who wants to make a motion? This uh, Matthew Oscar Wolves actually served in Afghanistan for a year and is on Romeo Dallaire's. Mm -hmm. um, program to uh, combat or to, to try and uh, deal with child soldiers. So pretty impressive. I don't know the other individual. Both members have very impressive um, backgrounds that they could bring to the board and offer new perspectives of the community. Okay. He's making a motion to put them on the board. Okay. All in favor? To Support the decision Thank you. Of the uh, Your Worship, uh, Director Bell, you you mentioned about this is the council reaffirmed Diane Lavoie's appointment to the Community Services Board in her new capacity. Is that actually a requirement? Because I didn't understand. I understood that the appointments were part of council's correct. decision, but uh, but the board structure is part of the board. Uh, correct. And, and be, we we did this as a cabinet shuffle. If. <laughs> yeah. They're all the rage today. If, if they had such power, I wouldn't have called them a cabinet advisory board. Okay. <laughs> um, but because it's a, a new position, uh, one, we wanted to identify that we were formally assigning uh, an individual 
in this particular case, who is Métis, um, to that position so that there was a level of importance of identifying it in a motion. Um, technically speaking, we didn't need necessarily a, a council motion to move her, but we thought it was imperative that it's it's publicly placed out. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a very good idea because yeah. then we can also yes. indicate who our representatives. Absolutely. If members of council receive questions in regards to that, uh, Diane Lavoie is a fairly well-known community member who is a Métis woman. Um, so she is being assigned and, and expressed great interest in moving specifically into the Indigenous position. Uh, she's been a, a, an Indigenous voice on the board, but um, this clearly identifies that also. She originally sat on the board as Catholic school representative. That's correct, as yeah. yeah, as a community member. So what are you saying, Deputy Mayor? Do you want a separate motion for to appoint? Well, the terms of reference indicate that there would be a member at large, but an Indigenous That's member. Correct. So I think there should be some formal statement that we've got this person now. So an additional motion identifying Diane in that yeah. position or Ms. Lavoie would be appropriate. So I would make a motion recognizing Diane Lavoie as the Indigenous um, representative on Community Services Board. Correct. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, municipal Leaders Caucus. This one sounds like yours. You wanted to an enabling motion. Correct. So uh, this is, uh, oh, sorry. Sorry, apologize for that. This is at the end of March. That is correct. It is the municipal um, leaders uh, caucus. Uh, that is uh, March 27th and 28th. Um, so you should send either the mayor or a designate. Well, I won't be able to vote. So that's the designate. So does anyone got time? March 27th to the 30th. Okay. The mayor Nazar designate. So a motion to enable the. Deputy Mayor? Yeah. I would make such a motion to enable Deputy Mayor to the March 27th one of the municipal leaders of Edmonton. Okay, all in favor. Any new reports to be had? Mr. Partner? There's one more, sir. Um, two more. There's uh, Joint Capital. We have a uh, Yes, because originally what we did is we wrote a letter that we would have um, uh, basically all of the uh, money go back, um, and they're suggesting 300 should be left, as opposed to uh, put 1.8 towards the uh, rough bucks. So, in order so for us to either should agree or not agree and uh, if we agreed then uh, we'd need a motion saying we accept this and then having it on we can then ask to have it removed the uh, the 1.5 million to uh, go to the record flex right away okay so what what exactly do you want here do you want a motion to accept the recommendation for 1.5 uh, 
1.516520 for the Peace Street Mineral Recreation Center with the balance of 300000 to uh, stay in uh, the account um, for future and uh, capital projects. And that we request, we write a direct administration to write a letter to Northern Sunrise to remove that funding for the. So don't we also need to put in 50000 for the Sager Tower lookout? Oh, sorry. Yes, it would be fifty thousand also. So it'd be fifty thousand for Sagatawa and one point five for. So you want a motion from Mr. Needham that says that the town of Peace River and or a motion to reaffirm to confirm that the town of Peace River and the county of North or Northern Sunrise County approved the use of the county and town of Peace River joint capital funds for 2019 as follows, et cetera, et cetera. Correct. Leaving a balance of 300,000 as of December 31st, 2019. And so as I understand it, the as follows after the suggested motion, it's 50,000 for, for the lookout. It's, it's 1,516,520 for the rec plans and 300,000 left over in the fund. Those are the three, those are the three so, pillars. So, so let's just vote on that. All in favor? So. All against? And, and so your motion does include the December 31, 2019, just to clarify that there's 300,000 in there at that point. Yeah, thanks. Your Worship, I felt that you went to the vote too fast there, that there was no room for discussion on that. Okay, well, uh, you can make your case. We'll do I'll, we'll I'll make my case. My, we'll my case is... We'll do a do-over. <laughs> Here's my case, is that I, I didn't know about this information, and I mentioned that last week, that I hadn't seen that this request had gone out. I know we've had a number of discussions around the table, but I didn't see that. It's entirely possible that I've missed an email. I, I'll take full responsibility if that's the case. The second thing was, is that it has not been very clear about what money is in there, where the money has come from, where the money has gone. It's, it's this pot of money that every time we talk about it, the number is not the same. And so when I look at this, I'm like, well, are we sure that's what's in there? And in there is that then the 1.4 million that they had already agreed to put into the rec box. And I just feel like it's not very clear. I think that there's room for us to have done more investigation and to have that, that sit down between the four people who are supposed to discuss it and, and have that laid out in a more methodical and, and planned out situation. That's how I feel, and that's why I can't support this, is because I honestly don't, I, I've not seen any accounting for what that is in that in that uh, that account. Well, do you, so someone you want to go over the accounting? So there was an email that went out, right? To, uh, Did everyone get that? Yeah. Is that the Christmas? These are the, aren't these the same numbers that we discussed at the GMP last week? And, and if, if my memory serves me correctly, I thought uh, there's some members from council heading up the hill to have a meeting in regards to the joint capital. Did that happen? Well, we didn't go up to, to have a meeting with the joint capital. We went up to 
The account gives me a minute. I can have that email for you exactly. Was it on the group deck? But what's come down is this. Here's a motion from Northern Sunrise County. It says, okay, we propose this. So there's three hundred thousand dollars left. And and I as of December thirty first. So that doesn't count what we agreed to put in for our this year's budget for 2019. That that is that as is. of 2019. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I'm Actually, I am. This is supposed to be 2018. Is it? Because it's 2019 yeah. right now. I, I believe it should say December 31st, 2018, and in 2019, both partners are going to put in another yeah. 600,000 dollars. Give me 30 seconds, and I'll I'll just. Try to so it, it, like I said, Chris, it's possible it came, but I don't recall it being there. That's right. There was something in the agenda for that came to us from Northern Sunrise when we went there for dinner, but I don't recall. I I have been confused about this fund for a year now, and uh, and and. The 1.4 that went came from this fund to the recplex. We knew it had happened. We were accounting for that, but they they didn't realize that that was part of it, even though it was clearly laid out in our uh, our council agendas. I think there was still some confusion about it, and and I'm still confused about this fund of money. And the way this is reading is that it is December 31, 2019. You, you've been confused for a year, and you wait until right after we make this motion to ask about it. You know what? I, uh, like I said, I expected the mayor to give us time for some discussion, and I mentioned it last week as well. No problem. No problem. You can, <laughs> you can shovel stone yeah, myself on your way by. Sorry. Those are basically. I'm just going to print the first one. <laughs> so, so the way that they have this, it would be, there will be a hundred, sorry, there will be three hundred thousand dollars for 2019 left in. So we'll still put our 600 in, but we're actually going to take out 300 of that 600, and we will leave 300,000 in. So that's all that's going to be left in that account. As of January one. As of. If if this motion passes, then we'll pass a new motion saying, okay, let's take the money out. And then what will happen here is that they will say, okay, yeah, they passed this. They will take that money and we'll apply it to the various locations. And yeah. So what will be left will be 300,000 for any of the projects that come up in 2019. You know what, I appreciate that, that we've clarified this again. It doesn't, it doesn't. And this is where this one's coming. So now you'll you'll have the breakup of everything. Did I get a copy of this? Yes. I don't know. It was eaten by gremlins. Okay, I don't I don't help on the shelf. Okay. Uh, uh, my vote stands. Can you send me the original email? I'm trying to track it down. Thank you, but I certainly shall. Yeah. But we 
already spent this money, but they hadn't advised us of the motion. Right? We can get that number. Okay, so but I will find that. Was that the one you sent on the 7th? So who made that motion? Summer. Summer. Uh, January. January. Okay, so can you redo the motion and then? Uh, well, I, as I read the motion, I should apologize. So it is December 31st, 2018, not 2019. So, but that doesn't change my motion. So uh, I would direct administration to approve the town of Peace River and the county of Northern Sunrise use of the county and the town of Peace River joint capital funds as follows, $50,000 for the lookout, $1,516,520 for the recplex, which would leave a balance of $300,000 as of December 31st, 2019. Against? Okay. okay, is there anything else under uh, your business? You've got some interest in your business? Uh, enabling motion for Centennial Bay Swords, our council. We'll make a motion, and we'll have you make the motion so we can focus discussion on the motion, and then we'll Thank vote. Thank you, Your Worship. I appreciate you making I'm sure time. three months down the trail, you'll have lived this one down. At least by then, we'll forget all of And I appreciate that you commented on that. <laughs> I should not be, actually. You should not appreciate that. That's all You're just going to fuel my idiocy. I can take it. I can take it. So, Your Worship, I'd like to move um, uh, that the um, council be enabled to attend the Centennial Davis Awards on Saturday, 19th of January. Uh, discussion? Who's going? So, yeah. Yeah, who is going? That would be an ideal thing. Saturday. How many chairs do we have? So, who's yeah. going to take the uh, table? Who's taking any extra? Do you sit at the town table or do you sit at the executive? I, I, I sit with Ms. Swanson. <laughs> okay, so how many, how many chairs at the table? Ten. Yeah. Ten. Ten. And there's, uh, yeah, that's, uh, was it ten or eleven? Eleven chairs. Ten, well, ten. What are you guys talking about? Well, because if we talk it out, we'll waste more time and then somebody might say, hey, <laughs> <laughs> did I get the memo? <laughs> So hands up again. Who is going? Uh, should we count? Because I would yeah. bring an extra. Well, okay. And so who's going? Put up your fingers. How many are coming from your? <laughs> so there's four on that table. There's four on that side. So that's eight. Eight. Okay. And, and so I'm well, sitting with Shel Shelly, yeah. and there's just me myself. So Greg, room for Greg. So two staff members, or two, or one staff and. You guys Chris discuss it amongst yourselves. Yeah. yeah. Chris yeah. and I will race down Main yourself. Street for yes. you. Oh gosh. Okay. And send us out a memo. Yeah. We'll, we'll video Make sure that I get a coffee. <laughs> don't worry about me getting coffee. <laughs> you don't read he wouldn't read it anyway. We'd have to print it off and bring it for him. And to clarify, the time is 4 4:30 is the AGM. 
um, and all are welcome. And six o'clock is start a cocktail and dinner. So the cocktails and dinner are in the river room. Cocktails are in the river room. Seven o'clock is supper in the bank room. Thank you, Shelley. And the AGM is upstairs in the Kenzie room. Oh my. So after your discussion, if you want, I can ask for the recorded vote. That's okay. Let's have the report, and so we should vote on this. Now. You want a recorded vote? No. no. Okay. All in favor? Unanimously passed. <laughs> Okay. Uh, any reports? There are none, Your Worship. There's one. Is there one item on the information? No, that was that letter that we. Okay. Yeah, the agenda. Any notices of motion, Mr. Parker? There are none, Your Worship. Okay. Opportunity for comments from the public. So we have two members of the public in the gallery. Any further comments that you'd like to make, Mr. Williams? Thank you for having me. Um, Good. Much enjoyed being here. Ms. Sorensen? Okay. You're awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, key communication items. When are you going to send out over the airways? The budget, right? The budget's the big one. <laughs> the budget's the big one. We'll follow up with the uh, buyer bylaw stuff. And all bylaws. Good all thing you could laws. do 280 characters. Was it all bylaws? All bylaws. Well, all bylaws may be enforced. And people should understand that that could happen. Okay. So we're going to start enforcing bylaws. Uh, I think when we, we did put out about the sidewalks and that kind of thing. So we did we, extensive we, advertising around the sidewalks yeah. last year. Um, but Facebook posts, media, traditional media. <coughs> This one might involve a call to your insurance company, so that well, would be so well. Same thing goes with unsightly premises too. Like once we hit the hit the spring and the weeds start growing, then we'll probably start tackling that, like we do uh, sidewalks in the wintertime. Sure. It should be pointed out that council has the authority to enforce any bylaw, but that council's also. Really well. Non-enforcement non of a bylaw to one person does not preclude the enforcement of another. Okay. Okay? Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll send this. So basically when we were talking about a stopple, stopple actually doesn't uh, fall under a municipal governance. Yes. So governments, and it's kind of silly, but uh, we can choose to enforce or not to enforce, or we decide to enforce and then Later on, not enforce, and then go back to enforce it again. There is no estoppel precedent right. uh, in that aspect at all. So, but having said that, we have these bylaws that are on the, uh, the books, and yeah. we should be going on out uh, to enforce it. And what I'll do is I'm going to send this article to council so they can take a look at it. And I can just uh, see that right there. It's also an opportunity for the public to bring to our attention bylaws that they come across that they may maybe disagree with and they can ask about them at least. Right. <laughs> Through appropriate channels. Yeah. And the nice thing about Big Ross is, is that you get the opportunity to be right next time you ask. Probably 
we want to make a uh, uh, media entry on uh, the town of Peace River and the uh, town of North, uh, Northern Sunrise County have uh, agreed to the, uh, to uh, take 1.5 million dollars out of the joint capital fund uh, and apply it towards the recreational complex. Yep. And uh, $50,000 and applying that to the Sagatella Yep. So I can talk about look out. Look out. That's probably why people might get confused about where that money is. Okay. Uh, that's your recess so we can go to the camera.